Hey, good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you for being part of today. I'm Paul. I am one of the pastors here, and um, it's wonderful to see you. I hope you guys had a good breakfast. If not, it's out there, and there's lots of food for you, and so really um, um, go out there and knock yourself out for that. Hey, I'm excited about the Run for Water thing. I'm glad that thing is coming up, and I hope you can participate and, 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 and come back. Even if you're not part of the church family, come and, and, and be part of it. It's, uh, it's great. You know, I was just thinking, this morning I took a shower. Yeah, no. No! <laughs> yeah. My weekly shower. Um, I don't even think about the water. You turn it on, you wait for it to get hot, and then you jump in. I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it goes. I never worry about the shower unless my daughter's taking it, and then it's, you know, then I worry about my water bill. But um, people do. They think about it every day, and they say the average, you know, they average it out on, on how far people in developing countries have to walk to get water. And it's 6K. That's, that's, why, and that's, that's why it's a 6K. That's why it's a 6K number. And so walk with them in solidarity with them and, and raise some money for it. And I think it's a really, really, really cool thing on that one. Hey, well, today we're going to um, start off Easter Sunday um, to kind of get your mind going. We're going to have an Easter quiz, um, an Easter quiz for you to help you um, just kind of get into the things that we're going to be talking about. So I'm going to kind of get ready. And, and this is a, a multiple choice type thing. Don't worry, it's not too technical. Uh, about this, and you know, we've made it so it's pretty easy, because I really want you to feel good about yourself, okay, that's important for me, that at the end of the day, you feel really, really good about yourself, and it's called What Doesn't Belong, and, and this is the Easter edition, okay, we're going to find out what doesn't belong, okay, you know, Sesame Street, remember you grew up with Sesame Street, you know, one of these things is not like the others, but this is the Easter edition, I'm going to show three items, and you are going to tell me which one doesn't belong. Okay, got this one? Not too hard. Here you go, first one. Okay, there's that, there's that, and there's that. Okay, lock in your vote. You ready? Okay, you know which one doesn't belong? This one's easy. It's that one, right? You know why? Because this one actually teaches you your ability to distinguish colors. You see? Got it? You got it? Y'all got this one right? Simple. Okay, and this next one's easy too. There's this one, there's this one, and there's this one. Which one doesn't belong? Which one? Easy, right? It's this one. There you go. You know how it is? Go ahead. It tests your ability to distinguish between living versus non-living things. So, okay, we're all good. We're all good. Like I said, simple. Next one. There's this one. There's this one. And there is this one. Okay? Lock in your answer. Ready? It is this one right here. Okay? You all got that one. You know how? Go ahead. Go ahead. Bill, you're to determine genders. Okay? See? We're good. By the way, the one on the right was taken of me 20 years ago. Just to let you know. Okay. Now we'll make it easy for you. This one's simple. There's this one. Then there's this one. And then there's this. Which one doesn't belong? Which one doesn't belong? I'll tell you what doesn't belong. Go ahead. None of them. All right? You know, I, you know why? Peeps never belong. They never belong. Okay, y'all at 100%? I'm sure you are. Okay, this last one, this one will be simple for all of you. There's this, Easter Brunch, there's this, Easter Brunch, and then there's this right there and out. Which doesn't belong? Which one doesn't belong? I'll tell you which doesn't belong. Go ahead. Those two don't belong. Why? In and out always belongs. How many of you got all of them right? Hands up high, huh? Huh? How many of you got none of them right? Hands up high. 
How many of you don't like me very much right now? Hands up really high. Yeah. This morning, and the reason I had this silliness going on is because we want to talk about what happens when you don't get 100%, you know, in life, in world, in self, when you've done a lot worse than you think you could have done or should have done. Or if you reflect back at yourself and your life and you think, well, I screwed that one up, or I screwed that part of it up, or I goofed that part of it up. In a sense, what you're saying is, if you got five out of five, you got 100%, okay? You were perfect on that. If you got any less, you were not perfect. You were, and what's the word? You were imperfect. And we're going to talk this morning a little bit about imperfect. Now, all of us do goof up. We all make mistakes this morning. You know, this morning, I'm here, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm up in the kitchen area upstairs, and I'm, and I'm washing my hands, and they have one of those soap dispenser things, you know, we, they, they, now I'm going to blame them. They have a soap dispenser thing. Now, when you put your hand under a soap dispenser and you push down, you assume the soap is going to come which way? Down, right? For some reason, this one, you assume it's going to go, you know, vertical. This one decided to come out horizontal and went and shot right at me. By the way, I'm doing the tuck look for a reason because I've got soap all over the inside of me. And I'm thinking, this is stupid, you know. It's like, oh, no, you know. So I'm trying to clean myself off, you know. And, and then I use the towel and it's like, my hands are dirty again. So I, I did what? I did it again. You know? And he's just like, I'm the... We make mistakes, okay? All of us do that. In fact, the Bible says this. We all make many mistakes. Well, good. I got that one. You know, I understand that one. I can own that. Can you own that one too? Of course you can. Absolutely. And then it goes on. It talks about a specific type of goof up that we can do. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves every other way. Now it's talking about the things we say. Have you ever made a mistake on the things that you've said? Sure you have. In fact, we probably get into more trouble with our mouths than anything else. Isn't that true? I mean, we, we do. So if you look back at the things you said, or you we always go, I wish I could take that back. I wish I could take that back. You can't. You can't. And so those interactions that you've had with people that you like, love, care about, you think, oh, man, I am less than perfect. I am. What's the word? Imperfect on that. And I'm not trying to make us feel horrible on Easter Sunday, I, I, I just want us to point out what's real in us. And we've all seen those Photoshop fails. You, you've seen those on the Internet where people try to Photoshop themselves, you know, into looking better, you know. Look at that. Hey, we try to make ourselves look a whole lot better. Or we Photoshop ourselves in with another person. This is my favorite Photoshop fail right there of all of them. Usually it's young guys. Have you ever noticed that, you know, which tells a lot about that? And, and when most of us, when we look in a mirror, and when you probably looked yourself in the mirror this morning, we don't usually look for the good, do we? I mean, do we? When you look in the mirror, you always are looking for the what? For the bad, right. For the flaw, for the mistake, for the goof, for the zit, for the hair that's out of place, for the wrinkle, for the bed face, you know, or the bags. Those are the kinds of things we look for because we know they're there. And so we do what we can. To do what? Cover them up. Photoshop them out. Erase them. Hide them. Not, not, not because, well, because we don't want to be seen as imperfect. And then when it comes to sometimes relationships or friendships, connections, 
gosh, I'm going to only show you my good. I'm never going to let you see my bad. Because I want you to see me as being what? Perfect. Even those close to us, I don't want to see me as being imperfect. And, and, and you know, I've been doing this thing, you know, gosh, in Happening Bay for a long time now as a pastor. And I connect with a lot of people. You do too. You know, you connect with an awful lot of people. And, and you sometimes look at the depth of brokenness that people have, you know, and you see it. And, and sometimes, oh, my gosh, you know, it, it, this is what kills you is when they try and hide it or they try and cover it up. And when you think if you just open your life up, you know, and you could get help or you could get some healing in this because healing can happen. And we sometimes see the depth of brokenness, the insecurities or the inability to get close to others or the fears of intimacy, the selfish pride, the cover-ups, blame, the addictions, the shame. You know, we have that. So I've, I've asked a few very courageous people here at Mariners that they're going to bravely share um, their stories with you and just simply a little bit about the flaws and the imperfections and the issues that they have faced in their lives. They're not out of the ordinary, but they are real people sharing their real stories. Let's look at the screens if we can. My dad was an alcoholic, and um, there was always violence in my house. Um, just when he'd get drunk, he just became a very angry person, and he would, you know, throw things around. He would clean out the refrigerator with all the condiments would be on the floor, and we'd come home sometimes, and it just you never knew what was going to be going on. Some days he was great, other times he was just a horrible individual. No crecí con mis papás. Um, tuve una vida bonita con mis con mis abuelos con mis tías pero nunca estuve mucho tiempo con mis papás aquí en Estados Unidos my mom was also an alcoholic single mom and she worked and would leave me at neighbor's house that we never knew for me to be babysat by. So things that shouldn't have happened to me did. And uh, creciendo yo um, en México, siempre insegura porque um, la mar, había una parte, unos meses que duraba yo aquí en Estados Unidos. Había otras otra parte más larga que yo vivía en México nunca me, me sentí que yo era ni de aquí no era de, de México el lenguaje el, el, el inglés siempre fue un problema para mí so, siempre me crecí insegura my self image was was uh, very uh, inadequate I felt uh, I had an inferiority complex, and I guess that's pretty common with children of alcoholics. I, I never felt like I was as good as other kids, um, as smart as, as fast as, you know, you name it. I just felt like I was uh, lesser than. And as I became 13, my addiction uh, took over, and I was a runaway, um, just full-on into drugs and alcohol, promiscuous, um, at 17, I was pregnant and uh, chose to abort, um, and that wasn't the only time. 
era de que en mi familia nadie se divorciaba. Teníamos que estar siempre um, con la persona que te habías casado, tenías que estar siempre. Fui la, la oveja negra de la familia, el, el divorciarme primero que nadie. Um, en, ese, en ese tiempo me sentía culpable. You know, you, um, you ask most people, how does God see you? You know, ask them, you know, or even you ask yourself, how does God see me? You know, how does God see me? And, 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 and the response is, is, well, he loves me. Of course he loves me, you know? Because that's kind of the, we open up the can, and of course God is love, and God's going to love me. And so, you know, does God love you? Yeah, well, of course he, he, he does. Um, and that's true. He really, really does. But a lot of times what we're saying is kind of what we've been taught to say. You know, we've been taught to say that. We've been taught to say, well, God loves me because God is love. Of course he does. But down a little, you dig down, kind of pull back the surface and, and scrape a little bit deeper. How about the question, when God looks at your life, does he approve? When he looks at your past, does he approve? Does he know about that? And, and maybe it's a carryover from early church guilt, but you don't always know. You know, you don't always know. You know, a lot of times people say, I, I, I really wish I knew what God thought about me because I, I plastered over with the God is love thing, but I still kind of a little bit deeper down underneath. I don't really know. You know, I don't really know. As I look back at my life, I've done some things. I've thought some things. I've said things. I don't really know. And you're saying, you know, Paul, I don't like where you're taking this. You know, I know. It gets worse than that. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And now it doesn't just simply use mistakes. It uses the word sin. And, and sin is kind of the deep thing on my soul. And it's like, and at least, you know, I can say for all have, so I'm, I'm in good company. I'm with you guys, you know. We all have sinned and fall short. All includes all. In fact, it, this, this verse can be rewritten. It can say, for I am perfect, and I fall far short of what God wants from me. I fall fall short of what God wants from me. Now, one more, and, and this one is a lot easier as far as which one of these doesn't belong. Let's look at these three. God the Father, Jesus, and me. Well, we know which one is different. You know, it's me. And the me is not just because I'm not on. Like present or omniscient like God, um, the me is because I have the sin in my life. And so, you know, what do we do about this one? So what do I do about this one? And, and we can kind of go back to the old way because, you know, if I can only pull myself up by my own bootstraps, I'll be okay because that's the way I've fought through life. Then the Bible says this, why are you trying to be perfect by your own human effort? You know, why are you trying to be perfect by your own human effort? Why? You know why? It's kind of like, a, why are you trying to do that? You know, wh wh why would you even want to do that? Easter's a really big deal. I mean, it's a big deal. And the whole thing is, as, as Mark read, it's that Jesus was killed on a cross on Friday and placed in a tomb. And on Sunday morning, the tomb was empty and Jesus was alive. And there's a couple ways you can take that. Okay, there's two ways you can take that. One way is, 
like, well, that's a nice story. It's a great story. It's the Easter story. Kind of a legend-like thing. You know, maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't happen. If it did, that's cool. You know, it gives people hope. If it didn't happen, that's cool. It gives people hope. And, and, and I guess people take it that way, and a lot of people do. It happened or it didn't happen. It doesn't really matter because if it gives you hope and if it works for you, that's, that's fine. Or you can take it that it really did happen. And there is the active work of God, the whole plan of why this life kind of works itself out, and how I can be right with God based on the fact that that whole thing did happen. And God gives me an ability to have a forever life because of that. Either it is a nice little story that gives me hope, or it's a life-changing event that turned the world all the way around. And it gives hope for this imperfect person that I have a second chance. I, I, just, you know, I, I ask myself all, all the time, well, what kind of God would leave us in an imperfect condition? What kind of God would do that? You know, what kind of God would just say t- to you, well, good luck with it. You know, I, hope you, I hope you make it through this part of your life. I don't like that kind of a God, you know? Why would God go through all of that? This uh, past week I, I received a three-weight fly reel, Okay. A three-weight fly reel, and, and, and I've been waiting for it for a while, you know. I've been kind of saving up my money, saving up my little Bass Pro Shop gift cards, you know, you get, you know, from that. Yeah, people give me that. It's really, really cool, you know, and it was incredible, and I got it. My wife, Lisa, said to me, and she's wonderful. She said, why do you need a three-weight fly reel? Why do you need a three-weight fly reel? And I said, well, I need a three-weight fly reel to go with my three-weight fly rod. <laughs> she said, do you even have a three-weight fly rod? And I said, not yet. <laughs> anyway, I ordered it. And, and, and now when you order something, they have tracking information on that. You know that? You can, and it's really, really cool. You can just click this little tracking information thing, and it'll tell you where your package is. And I don't know why. I kind of needed a break from all the Easter stuff that's been going on here. I needed a break, so I'm tracking my package, you know. <laughs> Go figure. You know, anyway, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm tracking, and I see, and this is the location, the place that it, it, it went from, okay? It started in Earth City, Missouri. Earth City, Missouri. I mean, who lives in Earth City? There's actually a place called Earth City, Missouri. Anyway, that's where it started, and here's the route it went to, okay? It went, it had stops in Barstow, Bakersfield, and Stockton, Okay? And I'm thinking, I can't imagine any three worse places in the world than Barstow, you know, Bakersfield, and Stockton, you know. But this is where it went to get to me. And I'm thinking, um, wow, if Bass Pro Shop will go to that length to get me my three-way fly reel, um, it's not hard to imagine the length that God would go for me, Okay. <laughs> And I know it's a tough comparison, and it's a hard jump, and the analogy <laughs> falls apart. It's just my birthday's coming up, and I need a three-way fly rod, okay? So <laughs> it, it's not that at all. What I'm saying is, is this. Um, the route God took was hard for me. It was hard. It was not a simple thing, and it happened for me. The ABCs of the Christian message is not being good, um, and good luck on that one. The ABCs of the Christian message is I'm not good enough. I am imperfect, imperfect. 
And I don't care how hard I try, I can't be made perfect on my own. I can't. Why am I still trying to do it? Because I can't erase the past. It starts with imperfect, and we really, really are. And this is why Easter becomes such a big, bold thing. It says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, imperfect, Christ died for us. And he didn't have to go through Earth City and Barstow, Bakersfield, and Stockton. He took the route of the cross and was penalized, punished, injured, hurt for you. The Bible says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And Easter's like icing on the cake of what God has done. Easter is all about God seeing us in all imperfections and making it right. That's why it's a big deal. And it either is true or not true. Either it's some kind of a legendy, nice thing, hope you feel good about it, but it doesn't change my life. Or it can be my one chance, my one chance to finally get this whole life done with and have somebody take it away from me and not be seen by the eternal God as being imperfect, but being made perfect. The Bible says this, for by that one offering, that would be Jesus, he forever made, what's the word? Perfect. Those who are being made holy. Perfect, look at that. Forever made perfect. So how does God see you? How does God see you? And once again, my friends bravely sharing their stories again. Let's watch the video. I remember my sister invited me to this Christian church and said, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And finally, a Sunday, said, I'll go. And um, said, Sister Teresa, I'll go with you. And um, I knew he was there, but I also felt like he didn't love me because of the things that I went through. Yeah. I started reading the Gospels. And I, I read each one um, and just kind of got to know Jesus on a way deeper level. And, and I just, uh, I always say, I don't know how you could not fall in love with Jesus after reading the Gospels. I'm just, uh, I had no choice. <laughs> you know, I really didn't. It was just that he just got into my heart and, and I loved who he was. But I how he knows my life. How he knows everything that I'm going through right now. And... I went the second Sunday, and it was the same thing. I said, how, how he knows that all the bad things that I'm doing. And I went the third Sunday, and I stayed. But I turned the radio off and, and just decided to, to kind of pray a sort of decider's prayer and just ask Jesus to come into my heart, and I wanted to be a different person. And I did. And uh, I'm so glad that... Jesus washed my brain because it was really dirty. <laughs> I feel good. I mean, there's moments that it's not easy. Um, but I know that I, I have a, an eternal life. I'm so glad that I have Jesus in my heart because at this time, I don't know where I will be. When I accepted Christ, I, I felt hopeful. Um, I felt that um, 
for once in my life that my past would be cleared. And um, he saw me as just a beautiful person. And um, it was just a great feeling. Yeah. me siento ahora? Me siento tranquila, con gozo de que Cristo me ama a pesar de todas las cosas que. I was in darkness all of my life. I never knew the day from. Jesus sees me as as being perfect, you know, and it took me a long time to get that concept, you know, and I, I didn't allow that to sink in at first, but over the years I've kind of seen where, where that uh, that is a truth. Yeah. You know, I need to accept it. Jesus sees me as um, a flawless. Um, perfect daughter in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want any of us to miss that by, you know, the 18 inches between the, the head or the ears to the heart. You know, I just don't want it to be missed. Um, I don't come here and do this because I'm religious. I don't even like religion. I love what Jesus has done for me. I love that. When I see nothing but damaged goods, God sees something good in the making. Do you see the canvases behind me? You see them? Aren't they beautiful? Aren't they gorgeous? Yeah, they're just incredible. You know what they are? I mean, you do. We just take a look at it. You know what they are? A couple of people in our, in our, in our church family, the other day, they, they put four, these four canvases in their backyard, and they took a bunch of paint. And they did that, which we hate it when our kids do. They spilled it. But they spilled it, and they threw it, and they flung it, and I'm sure they had a great time doing it. And that which we would say is a mess, when you put the right light on it and you frame it correctly, it becomes what? A thing of beauty. And this is what God says. Look, you see damage beyond repair. Damage beyond repair. Forget it. You know, a, God says, man, there's beauty beyond belief. When I can take a life like yours with the spots and the mistakes and the messes, I can turn it around to give a reason and purpose and fulfillment and meaning and joy and everything that God would want. Studies have shown again and again and again that your self-image doesn't come from yourself. It comes from what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. Does that make sense? It's what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. And that's why, you know, kids, you kind of grow up all damaged up because most important person, person in your life is usually your parents. And if they're flawed and screwed up and messed up and, and are alcoholics or whatever else, they're going to mess you up. And what happens is as you come to a place in Christ where you make a decision, all of a sudden the most important person in your life switches from others to who? To God. It switches to God. And this is what God says. For by that one offering, Jesus forever made what? Made perfect. Those who are being made holy. Isn't that awesome? Made perfect. And the reason we we put up that word imperfect, you know, we have that word imperfect that's up there on the screen. I put it up there because it's a changeable word. And you say, what do you mean a changeable word? Well, um, here's how you make imperfect into something different. In Christ, you add the apostrophe. You see that? You add the apostrophe, and all of a sudden, that which is imperfect, you can now say, 
God has been the author of my life and the mistakes I've made, the goofs I made. He can use those for good because somebody else that I know may be going through those kinds of things and they need the hope that I've received. So the imperfect is now perfect. That's how God can see you. God looks at your sin and says, man, I'll take it. I'll take it away from you. And that's why this is a big deal. That's why it's a big deal for us. And I want it to be a big deal for you to give you hope. To say, nah, too far gone. It's like, no. You're one step always away from home. I'm going to invite you to bow with me, please, if you would. Maybe you're not a praying person. Well, we're going to pray. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to pray for you. And you're going to actually... Prayer is just simply allowing God to begin to kind of move in your heart. And you give words to God, and God sometimes gives you words to himself, to your, to, back to himself. And maybe right now what you're thinking and you're feeling is, okay, so there's hope for me in this. All i got to do is believe. Belief is sometimes just removing the stubborn will that we have. And believing is sometimes surrendering control of our own lives and that one's tough certainly if there's something bumping around in your soul and your heart grab it take it this is your hope this is your time to say okay I give and I believe I accept I'm tired of my imperfections I'm tired of trying to do this on my own I'm trying to buy my own self make it right before God to know that I can relax in him and be free because of Jesus Christ and what Jesus did and best as I know how God right now today. Easter Sunday 2018 I ask you to forgive me. Me. And I now believe trust that he can do that. And Jesus thank you. That which is imperfect, I can now say in Christ, I'm perfect. And that's how you see me. And we thank you in Jesus' name.